This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. There are legends around here. Who died in my G fucking king of the zombies? Even if only in their own minds. <laughs> Forgotten, but not yet dead. I want to play a game. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome back to the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast. My name is Isaiah. Uh, Bailey is not with us this week. He was supposed to be on this Halloween 4 review, but his computer decided to take crap on him. So instead, I've got Andy joining me from Dead in Santa Cala. How are you doing this week, sir? Yo, Isaiah, what's up, brother? Thanks for having me on, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. And this isn't the only Halloween movie we're actually going to talk about. So I'm, I'm excited, man. Oh, no, no. Uh, Halloween 6 is going to be coming up here and uh that's gonna be a lot the of curse fun. <laughs> the curse isaiah <laughs> that that movie's a lot of fun for me it's actually kind of a guilty pleasure of mine but we'll we'll, we'll talk about that here in a couple weeks yeah uh, with that one but we are talking halloween for uh this week and uh if you're joining us uh for this week's episode if you haven't listened to the last few weeks we are doing a halloween retrospective series leading up to and including a review of halloween kills um, when that gets released in the middle of October. So we are thoroughly covered f- all the way until November with nothing but Halloween reviews, and so I'm super excited. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Was going to do this last year up until, obviously, uh, COVID happened, so, and the movie got delayed. So super excited for this. But before we get into talking about Halloween 4, though, what have you been up to lately? I, I know you've had a lot going on, and it's been a little bit since I've talked to you because I've just been so fucking busy myself. Yeah, life life does that, doesn't it, brother? <laughs> it certainly fucking does. It does. Uh, yeah, I've, um, you know, because I, I, I do the, uh, I've been, shoot, man, we've dropped on Dead in Santa Carla, our horror pod. All of us are part of the Slashing Cast podcast network. And, uh, Brian and I have shoot, man, we've dropped over hundred. I think we just dropped episode one thirty six. I think one thirty five. I'm losing track, but uh, wow, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I'm doing that still and having a blast doing that. But I've, really, it's it's just been you know that's just one small part of uh, working in digital media and uh, yep. content creation and stuff. I I was able to. Um, I'm from Cleveland originally. I live in Vegas now, but. Uh, I grew up a huge Cleveland Browns fan, and I was able to get a job with uh, the world's largest independently owned Browns uh, publication um, to help expand their digital media and launch a uh, Twitch channel. And we just launched that uh, July 26, so we're we're not even a full 30 days into it, but it's going really well so far, and it's been taking up a lot of my time. <laughs> I can only fucking imagine. <laughs> just... It, it's just going to get more nuts. Dude, the season hasn't even started yet, for God's sakes. Like, once the season starts, it's going to be bedlam. But, uh, right. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a fun experience so far. So I've been busy with that. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been great, man. I, I know you, you, you're doing great yourself, brother. Oh, yeah. Shit. I mean, I've just been. I've been so busy because, like, I'm not even home half the time because usually the weekends I'm out camping, um, you know, with my better half. 
or out of town or doing whatever, but basically I'm usually never home on the weekends anymore. So I, I, I'm literally home maybe half of the month. So been super busy with that. And then just with the recent changes with me kind of going solo with the, the podcast, other than when like Bailey's going to be with me every once in a while too. So it's, it's, it's been a, a lot of changes, a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the podcast is, I'm, I'm super pumped for the changes with the podcast and, but then also just work has been super busy too. Cause with the whole, um, cause I work for direct TV for those of you that don't know, and they've split basically from AT&T and that's all like taken place in the last week and a half, two weeks. Like, yes. They're completely separate from AT&T now. And that's been a, a fucking huge change as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything's been going pretty fucking good though. I mean, just even with being so fucking busy. So remember the last time that we talked, uh, we were, <laughs> we, uh, binged the two first Rocky movies and we were going to do yeah. Rocky three and four. And <laughs> it just never happened. I just, I got super busy after that. And that was almost two months ago. Yeah, I know, dude. And that's about when all this started with my stuff started, uh, uh, the talks and the pitch you know i had to pitch all this man and they're really good great guys over there but some of these guys you know i mean they're 60 you know that they're used to the old 80s sports page days you know mm-hmm. so trying to pitch twitch things like twitch and discord to these guys it, it, it was it was a difficult process but rightfully so they just don't know you know they just didn't know the capabilities of these platforms right um so yeah i mean all that really started at the end of may for me so i i feel you it's pretty much when probably when you went right around when you and i watched rocky one and rocky two yeah i think it was i think it was right at the end of may because um yeah yeah, i started uh dating my girlfriend first week in june so oh well that's why i haven't seen you it's not because of my work (laughs) (laughs) so I mean, fuck. It's, it's, hey, the, man. The two weeks Have, or two months have gone by so fucking quick. Yeah, they do. They they do, especially too. If you if you both are all smitten, and it seems from by the likes of your Facebook page, you guys are very smitten. So it's exciting. It is very much so. I still do want to finish the rest of the Rocky series at some. Yeah, point, Yeah, we got to, man. We got to do three. Come on, man. Pain. What's your prediction for the fight? Pain. <laughs> yeah, we got to watch. We got to watch Rocky three, and then of course Rocky four, which. I mean, let's face it, it should be in world history books and American history books for years to come that it, it you know, it practically ended the Cold War. Right. And that, I mean, it's just pure fucking 80s, too. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. the perfect 80s movie, so. If I can change, then you can change. <laughs> Everybody can change. That's <laughs> a, the words that I live by, Isaiah. Right. <laughs> fucking love it. Dude, I fucking love it. Oh, man. So, yeah, so tonight we are talking Halloween 4. Obviously, the last three weeks we've covered Halloween 1 through 3. Before we talk about Halloween 4, though, because I, I, I always like to get uh, people's opinion about Halloween 3. What is your take on Halloween 3? Um, I've I, I got to be completely honest. I, this movie is so pulverizing in the horror community. It's so funny to me. Um. Either if it seems either you over the top love it or you're just completely not a fan, and there doesn't really seem to be any much uh, in between. I'm if there was an in between, I guess it's me. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of it, um, but I don't, I don't, I think people overindulge on how good it is. The people who love it. Right. And I think, and I think the people who dislike it overindulge of how bad it, it is when in reality it's, it's still entertaining. It's, it's fun. But I, I will say this, if, uh, if uh, Mr. Mustache himself wasn't in it, uh, I, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if I could, I don't know if that, I don't know how watchable it would be for me. That's part of my reason I like that movie because he's in it. Right. Um, but I think once that my issue with Halloween three was, and I get, you know, I think we all know the story by now. Carpenter originally wanted, you know, to turn the Halloween franchise into an anthology. Yep. But to me, once you made Halloween two, that idea should have went out the window. Right. It was too, it was too late. It was too late. And so, but I, at the end of the day, it, it exists. It's one I don't watch a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I probably I would have it pretty low in the Halloween movie rankings because okay. At the end of the day, I when I sign up to watch a Halloween movie, I want to see Michael Myers, and it's nothing taken away from that. It's just it's weird that that movie exists. And the thing they didn't even get clever with it either, really, in my opinion, because sure. in the movie, there's scenes from from the Halloween movie on the TV. In right. Halloween three, so that tells me that Halloween three, season the witch, doesn't even take place in the same universe as Michael Myers. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of a miss. If if, if they would have figured out a way to tie them together a little bit, um, I think I could get more on board with it. Okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like I um was because uh, like I talked about on last week's episode. Uh, with regards to three, because I'm I'm also kind of in the middle of the road, but I actually like the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I do agree that if Tom Atkins wasn't in it, I probably wouldn't like it as much. Because yeah. I honestly, the fucking stash makes everything better. Oh, I gosh. mean, let's just be honest here. Tom's so good in that. <laughs> definitely. So I, I'm definitely kind of more in the middle with it, but I, I do like it. It is one I do watch every year because um, I sure. do appreciate it, but. It, it is very polarizing for sure. And mo like, like you said, most people either love it or hate it. And yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in that rare group where I, I, I like it, Yes, but I, I don't love it or hate it. Like, you know, I, I, it, it, I don't know why it shouldn't frustrate me, but it frustrates me. Cause I want to, I want to tell, and look, we're all entitled to our opinions of movies, but mm-hmm. I do think people embellish on each end of the spectrum when it comes to season of the witch. I think they each side. I think embell overcompensates way too much, right? <laughs> I just want to tell people like, look, man, it ain't that good. Or I want no, it's not that bad. Relax, it's not. It's not a tr- shitty, trashy film. It's not. It's it's enjoyable. Uh, but I find enjoy in any in, in just about everything. So oh, definitely. But yeah, I I'm not I'm not. Am I a fan of the movie? Not really. <laughs> I, I've tried. Right. <laughs> I, I have. I've, I've given it a fair shot several times. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm glad you watch it every Halloween. I honestly don't. I do watch a bunch of Halloween movies. Right. Um, like, I mean, I'll watch Resurrection before Halloween 3. Oh, I will. Sh- shit. I, I will. <laughs> I'm the exact I, opposite. I, I, I know. See, I will watch that absolute just abomination of a halloween sequel 
over season the witch. It's true. Mm. Hey, to each their own. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking here for it. Dude, so. if I can give me a movie where Buster Rhymes says Kung or says what does he say? Trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, trick or treat, motherfucker. Give me a movie like that where Michael Myers is involved, and I'm probably gonna not. I'm not necessarily gonna like it, but it's gonna be watchable for me. I'm probably gonna chuckle and laugh and have a good time. Right. No, I, I, I definitely hear you on that. <laughs> And because, like, I, I I do have my set Halloween movies that I that I do watch during the season and everything. Because usually that goes from one through six, um, yeah. and then I usually skip seven and eight and the Rob Zombie ones. Sometimes I'll watch the first Rob Zombie one, but sure. not usually often. And yeah. then now, obviously, twenty eighteen because that's my favorite sequel of the whole yeah. series. So same, big same Halloween two. And four were my two favorite sequels before Halloween 2018 came out. Right, definitely, I'm I'm right there with you on that one. I'm I'm not I I'm in the minority of this one. Um, I know Riley from Slash and Cast loves it, and mm-hmm. a lot of people do. And it came out when I was a in high school. Uh, you'd think I'd love it, but I'm I've never really been a huge H2O fan either. See the. Th- H2O has nostalgia for me because it was the first one I got to see in the movie theater. And actually, it was the Same. first horror movie I got to see in the movie theater. Gotcha. Um, so that's where a lot of the nostalgia for me is, is, and that's why I do like it. But at the same time, it's too much like Scream for me, you know? Oh, oh yeah. It's very – it's and I, and I love Kevin Williamson, mm-hmm. um, who uh, helped develop that and produce that. Um, and Steve Miner directed it uh, yep. of Friday 2 and Friday 3 and House. Lake Placid, right. <laughs> he's, he's had some fun films. Um, so, but I was never, I was never, I was never on board with what they did with the, the Laurie Strode character. Yes, the final act's great. Yes, I love, I love that. It's very cool. But everything she does up to that point, I just didn't like the backstory of it. Right. Um, and then when I saw Halloween 2018, I went, oh, see, this is what H2O should have done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that's really my issue, really the issue there for me. And and as we know it, the, that same people who had, you know, the dis- distribution rights did resurrection after that. And we saw them mistreat the Laurie Strode character again in a more just more abominable way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they made the greatest final girl of all time look really stupid. Like, that's the thing. If you want to kill her off, fine. But don't make her look like a complete buffoon. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but it is what it is. But we're talking about a really good one today. And I, I, I actually enjoy this one. I, I enjoy part. The return is, um, I, there's a reason. See, th- there's a reason this movie exists, and it's because Halloween three happened. Oh, <laughs> that's definitely. Why, that's why this movie is called Return of Michael Myers. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. And yeah, so this this is honestly, it was the first sequel I got to see. No, I'm I'm sorry, I I did see two as the first sequel, but after that. Um, because I'd only seen two once before I saw four, and I fell in love with four actually before I actually loved two. And obviously, I I grew to appreciate two so much more, and it it became my favorite sequel for the longest time. But four, um, yeah, there's so much good shit in this fucking movie, um, and I I can't wait to unpack all that. 
Before we do that, though, let's take a look at the trailer for Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Now, Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God. Who's going to be next? Ah! <laughs> Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop it. All right, so Halloween 4 was released on October 21st, 1988, so uh, quite a few years after Halloween 3, but obviously Halloween 3 didn't have a great critical reception at all, and so it kind of went dormant for a few years. And Yeah. Um, this movie, obviously, because it went back to the Michael Myers storyline, it brought back Donald Pleasance, which was great to see him back in, in that character, which was fucking phenomenal. Um, you also have Ellie Cornell uh, as Rachel in this, and then obviously introducing Daniel Harris as Jamie Lloyd. Um, and sh- that character became kind of a part of this whole arc over the next three movies. Um, it's With this movie, they, they had a budget of about $5 million, uh, so it's been increasing over the last few movies, but it's it didn't make much money. Uh, it only made about $17 million. Um, and almost half of that was over the fucking opening weekend. So it wasn't a big moneymaker, but honestly, the quality of this movie is is so much better um, than Halloween 3. Yeah, and uh, for what it's worth, this has one of the best opening like credits and openings of any Halloween movie. I oh, love it. For sure. They, they fucking captured kind of the essence of Halloween, I feel, with the right. opening title sequence. So even more so than 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 the classic OG. I mean, mm-hmm. the you know the classic OG. They filmed that in Pasadena, California, and had to continuously pick up leaves that they painted, fake leaves that they painted <laughs> yep. throughout shooting it. Um, you know, you you can see right away, like they get you right into it. And like I said before, we hopped into this is you know this movie is called return of michael myers because of part three they wanted to make it very clear that michael myers was back and the halloween movies that people loved mm-hmm. were back because this was a seven years since we saw michael uh part two came out in 81 yep um so i think they were very conscientious of capturing that those first two movies and they even went above and beyond with the 
ambiance and the set the set you know just the the setting of everything it it really does capture it like you said oh definitely and and i do love that mustafa cod was very adamant about bringing the series back to being centered around michael myers because right and and thank god bless him for for that because we wouldn't have gotten for because obviously you know carpenter wanted to do the whole anthology thing and there's nothing wrong with the whole anthology thing but like you had said once they made part two they should have never broken away yes. from the michael myers story no once they, you saw once you saw those returns why would you <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah, Akkad wanted to make it all about Michael Myers again, and actually, originally, Deborah Hill and Carpenter were both on board um, for helping to kind of produce and write um, for, but then Akkad ended up rejecting the script because he called it too cerebral, and so then they ended up selling off basically their stock in, in the Halloween title and, and story and everything and sold it to Akkad, and that's when uh, they ended up bringing on... Um, uh, the the director uh, Dwight H. Little because originally Carpenter wanted fucking Joe Dante to uh, to direct this, which would have been fucking would've... awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how else to put it. If Dante would have directed this, it would have been fucking f- phenomenal. Yeah, but they didn't like uh, Akad didn't like the way that they were going with the story and whatnot, and so they brought in this new director and he hasn't done a whole lot. I mean, he did like, uh, I think it was bloodstone and, um, oh, what the hell else was I want to say he, pro- he, he directed uh, murder at 1600. That, that thriller with Wesley Snipes. Yes. That? that. And, uh, also marked for death was a, yes. was another thing, but otherwise Skull, it's, it's, it's been a lot of like TV, um, directing that he's been, that he's done over the years. Sure. So, um, so they brought him in. They brought in a new writer in Alan B. McElroy. And one of the coolest things regarding this whole kind of how four was produced is he wrote that fucking script in 11 days to beat the fucking writer strike that was coming up. Yes, like that is, that is true. Concept and full script was done within 11 days. He had it done like mere hours before the strike actually happened, um, which is that feat is fucking phenomenal in itself to have a whole movie written in that amount of time because usually you're talking months of writing but he fucking just locked himself in and got that fucker written and honestly it's one of the best stories in the in the franchise in my opinion i i, I love the story of part four because one the you know there's no laurie strode in this one so you had to develop and create another heroine Yep. Or hero that um final girl what have you that the audience us everyone could get invested in and daniel harris does that with flying colors in this and as jamie lloyd she's great uh she's awesome and i think the fact that she's a kid kind of is it's it's it adds a different dynamic to it because i've oh, always definitely. said this i've said this on santa carla before too when, when it involves children there it creates a different dynamic because it makes it more suspenseful that way mm-hmm. because you're more concerned and invested in a child than maybe you would be an adult for sure uh, so it, it really it really bu- it helps build tension more um so i have a few complaints about this one but for the most part i i i enjoy this entry like i said it mm-hmm. was before halloween 2018 showed up this was my third favorite halloween movie Right. For sure. 
Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, speaking of like just complaints regarding the movie, just to kind of get my my biggest thing with this movie out of the way, is I fucking hated hated that great value fucking looking Michael Myers mask because it's yes it's it's so bad looking. I mean, it's it's kind of grown on me over the years where it's like okay now, but when you promote the movie and have on your poster the original mask, yes, and then you show this generic looking piece of shit it's it kind of takes you back like um okay it, it it's absolutely shocking and this that you just named probably it's my biggest gripe in this movie uh how the hell i mean look man i'm i'm not a i'm not an fx fx designer i don't <laughs> i the, these guys the guy whoever created this mask or whoever designed this mask will probably forget more about filmmaking and 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 uh and special effects than i'll ever learn Mm -hmm. but i don't know how you like you just said you put it on the cover you know what it looks like yep you had to have put them up side by side what made you think that this was a good route to go (laughs) (laughs) with what we got this mask is terrible and what makes it even worse it gets even worse in part five that's the funny part yeah it looks nothing like part four even though it's supposed (laughs) to be the same fucking mask it's so ridiculous like oh my goodness and you know this movie has a few gaffes you know it's not the this movie looks okay for the most part but there's uh there's some things that happens that uh you know it's not the greatest five really is where you see the really start to see the big drop off yeah but it starts a little bit here with details and it, those details definitely start with this mask design in this movie. It's fucking oh, terrible. Let's sure. go, we'll just say it. And that's no disrespect. Whoever designed it, it's fine. It's probably not even truly your fault. But this is terrible. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible, dude. It really it is. It looks nothing like it. No. <laughs> oh, my God. That's good. That's good. Well, now, even though the mask kind of sucked in this movie though the one thing i will say is that george p wilbur is probably my favorite michael myers um he's good i mean he's as of now before the release of kills he's the only person to really play him twice um and i I, i've I've, he's he's definitely my favorite michael myers I, i love his portrayal of it as the shape and whatnot. So um, one thing I, I did like it, and I, that I was reading up on when I was kind of researching for this episode is that one thing to kind of help Danielle Harris that he did was he would often just in between takes would just lift up his mask and just let her know and just reassure that they're only making a movie and that he wasn't going to hurt her. So yeah. just knowing that he's a fucking just decent guy like that. Cause I, I've met George P. Wilbur and he's one of the nicest guys you can ever fucking meet. Right. On. And, yeah, just knowing that he did that in between takes just to kind of help reassure this little girl, you know, who's yeah. just getting started in the movie business, that she's going to be okay and that he's going to help take care of her and not hurt her. I mean, that that's fucking awesome. It is. It's pretty great. I like to hear stuff like that. Definitely. Uh, one thing with this uh, movie is that the shoot was kind of a long shoot. They went 41 days for yeah. for the shoot, and... um. Of those 41 days, 36, both Ellie Cornell and Danielle Harris were there for 36 of those 41 days. Wow. Which is pretty amazing that they spent that much time um, working on this movie. 
Yeah, you brought her up. I and that's another good character in this in this installment is Rachel. Rachel is a great mm-hmm. character. Yeah, her her and Jamie's dynamic is probably the best dynamic in 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 this movie for me. Yeah. Um I mean, it's hard it's hard to replace Laurie Strode and, you know, uh, honestly considering what we got, it was a valiant effort in doing so. Oh, definitely. Um that is for sure. Um Obviously, Loomis is back in this. Um, now, one thing that I um, want to bring up with regards to Loomis is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like with this movie, this is kind of where the start of crazy Loomis is, is starting because you kind of see some things in, in <laughs> two that kind of makes him look a little crazy, but he still seems fairly normal. But in this one, he just kind of seems batshit crazy, and it just kind of grows from there in five and six, basically. Yeah, it, it, it literally, if you go through Halloween 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6, all those movies have, have the great Donald Pleasance playing Dr. Sam Lewis. There is a slight progression in his craziness in each movie. <laughs> like, in, like in Halloween 1, he just comes off as eccentric and intelligent, right? Yep. But eccentric, you know, you're a little woo. You know, you're a little woo. <laughs> and two that's when we get that's when we get the famous line of i shot him six times i shot him Sheriff, i shot him in the heart i shot him six times and that's when you start to get wow he is a little crazy i mean dude he literally pulls out a he sees the michael myers uh the kid in the michael myers uh costume thing and he pulls yep. out his fucking gun and is ready to blow out blow away an innocent <laughs> kid in the middle of the street man so i think the really each movie's had its progression like the craziness started to, you started to see the craziness from him in part two and then it's elevated in four and then it's elevated even more to five and then in six he's fu- you know in five he's a lunatic too but in six same thing yeah, yeah it, it, the evolution of the craziness of of, of the Sam Loomis character, Doctor Loomis, is 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 honestly, it's one of the, this franchise's biggest charms. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> it really is. And other than the fact that Part Five almost makes you hate him, just because he's kind right. of fucking just prick in Part Five. But yeah, I mean, just that that's it's it, like you said, it's almost kind of the charm of him just getting more and more crazy. <laughs> as the story progresses he tries to blow away a teenager in the middle of the street on halloween bro (laughs) that was in part two and then the poor kid because he did this got distracted and fucking hit by a car and exploded Mm -hmm. good times i'm I'm fucking here for it i love it (laughs) (laughs) um just kind of going back to where we were talking about the opening credits, kind of setting the mood for Halloween and making it look like Halloween. Uh, one thing I do want to touch on is the music in this movie because Alan Howarth is fucking phenomenal what he does with the score here. And actually, up until the release of 2018, this was my favorite Halloween score of any of the movies, even over Hell the yeah. original. I mean, he the what he does with it and just kind of, kind of even elevates what carpenter did with the original score i i just absolutely loved it i mean even that opening just kind of ominous like music that he did yes. for, over the opening credits was just really helped set the mood and kind of help get that whole halloween kind of feel uh going but then even just his rendition of the the actual halloween theme is great and everything else that he 
like puts into it is so phenomenal in this movie he's the score is really good in this you're right and it's one of the elements in this that they got right for mm-hmm. sure there's no doubt They're, i think they they got that element right um the feel of it feeling like a not only this holiday halloween it feels like that but it feels like a halloween movie too yep and then i think it was really good uh casting choices with daniel harris and and, and ellie cornell and because they're both like you said the the chemistry between these two is is really great and you really buy in you really buy into it like if you're a fan of the halloween first two halloween movies or the first three or whatever the michael myers ones especially and you just like horror in general you're probably going to get invested in those two characters that mm-hmm. being jamie lloyd and rachel it's 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 hard not to um they really squander that in part five <laughs> right but in this one uh they took full advantage of it and, I, and it works to its it works to its benefit then you throw the great donald pleasance back into the mix with his return because it's not only just michael myers return it's you know I, I think it's safe to say people love dr loomis they do oh for horror sure. fans fucking love dr loomis and the fact that he returned, I think, is kind of the icing on the cake for this movie. It wouldn't be the same without him. Um, so it, it, this movie had a lot going for it. They got some things right. It, at the end of the day, is, is this like perfect cinema? No, nowhere near. However, to if you were going to bring back Michael Myers and continue this franchise to its roots, this was a very, very solid attempt. That's oh. the best way I could put it. For sure, because honestly, with with the end of part two, I mean, how how do you bring these characters back? And I, I think they did it in in, in a halfway decent way. Because I mean, honestly, both Loomis and Meyer should have been dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, after two, Ab- absolutely. But um, obviously, they bring uh, Loomis back, and he's got the burns on his face and his hands. And Myers has been in a fucking coma for ten years after being engulfed in flames and blown the fuck up. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a halfway decent way to help bring these characters back and just kind of show how strong Michael is and, and everything. And, you know, that's kind of where we start off is we start out at Ridgemont where Mike Myers has been in a coma for 10 years. And they're getting ready to transfer him and all that. And obviously he fucking escapes and he hears about his living niece in, in Haddonfield. So that gives him the, the plot point to head back to Haddonfield to seek out his fucking niece to you know, kill her and yeah. <laughs> everything, you know. So yes. it, it they, they do a halfway decent job, and could they have maybe explained it better? I don't know, you know, uh, for how they survived. Because, honestly, they all, you know, normal thinking, they should have been fucking dead. So, Absolutely. And then that's why Halloween 2018 went, went the smart route of just doing a direct sequel to the original. Yes, exactly i don't think it was wrong to do a sequel to part two because it was still pretty recent mm-hmm. and at the end of the day part two is pretty good oh for <laughs> sure yeah so it was a little too early on it's a little different than 40 years later right um, but if you were gonna you know resurrect this this icon because at this point he had only done two movies man mm-hmm. you know i i think they saw the 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 pay at this point i mean it, this came out in 88 uh the seventh friday came out that year yep um uh, at this point i believe four nightmares and the fifth one was on the way yep. by this point um so they 
you know, I'm sure that was influential too, uh, knowing that they had a horror icon in their back pocket and why are we not utilizing them? Exactly. We've seen, we've seen <laughs> what Freddie and Jason are doing. So, um, but yeah, I, this was a no brainer to, to, I mean, I'm glad this movie exists. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. It, it, does it go down from Hill after this in, installment? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <clears throat> but, uh, it kept that character alive. It kept that character in our minds and we had multiple, even, you know, even though I don't enjoy H2O, it's there if I want to watch it. And right. I, I will, and I'll, I will watch it during the Halloween season, sure. Um, but it, it kept it kept Michael Myers, the great icon character that is Michael Myers, relevant. Yep. And kept people wanting him. And that's, I think, that helps set the stage for when you develop a film like Halloween 2018, which is... Uh, I mean, that's how, in my opinion, my very humble opinion, that's how you continue a franchise 40 years later. It was smart, uh, what the mm -hmm. choices they made. and and uh, But Halloween 4 deserves a lot of credit for keeping the series going. In a, I don't think, that, I mean, yes, is, is there a drop-off from part two in this movie? Sure. But it's not drastic. The drop-offs really don't come until five and then six. And obviously we know what happens with H2O and resurrection. God's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty much buried the original timeline, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but actually, no, I think H2O is a new timeline. That's right. Cause it that's is. where they got it. Yeah. So yeah. One, two, four, five, six are all in the same timeline, right? Yep. I think that's how that's yep. one timeline. And then one, two, one, H2O and yes. Resurrection. Right. Is a they, ignore, they ignore the Thorn trilogy, as this has been known to be called. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they. But they they what, kept it relevant. Oh, and, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's a whole other discussion, too. <laughs> we could get into all the different continuations. Oh, yeah. Of this fucking franchise. I mean, it's, it's got a few. So. Um, yeah. But yeah, so with this one, yes, the the quality is a, is a little bit of a drop from the second movie. Not much though, and uh, not not enough to bother you. No, it's really not. Um, so you have that whole opening where we get reintroduced to Michael and Loomis. Um, then we meet Jamie, and you know she's kind of having this whole bout of insomnia, can't sleep, and this is kind of where the whole supernatural thorn stuffs starts to kind of trickle in because she's got that connection with her uncle, but obviously we find out in part five, but so it's kind of just touched on just a little bit, even if they didn't really mean to make it more supernatural, it's right. Kind of where it started from is, is in, in four. Um, so you find out that she's the daughter of, of, um, you know, uh, Lori Strode, who's, uh, died in a car accident at this point. And in, in this timeline, so, hmm. um, <clears throat> so we, we meet her, we meet Rachel and then she has her first nightmare of, of Michael basically in her bedroom, grabbing her from underneath the bed and then coming out. And that's, that's when you see the first shot of that fucking great value fucking mask. Oh, and <laughs> it's just. Like I said, it's it's just so like takes you back. Like, what in the fuck were they thinking? And why is this not? This is not the same Michael Myers. No, but 
Um, but yeah, that that whole nightmare sequence was was I thought was really well done, and um, even with the whole mask mishap, you know, um, it was a great nightmare sequence to kind of show that she's been having these nightmares and can't sleep and shit. It's they start. You're right. The thorn. You just don't know it yet, but the thorn plot is it. It the the, the thorn plot is planted and seeded for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and there's there seems to be even more supernatural things going on. Maybe a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. Do you think at this point, like I don't know, what's your opinion? And at this point, is is Myers is my is he is Michael a supernatural force? Honestly, that's how I would see it, especially just after being blown the fuck up and him being alive still. <laughs> right. And then coming back and being super strong after being in a fucking coma for 10 years. That's the only thing that I can use to explain it is that he's basically the supernatural fucking superhuman being. Um, even if it's not supernatural, just more superhuman, basically. Right. Um, kind of along the lines of like a Jason just without being undead, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's where, what I would think is that he's definitely more superhuman and it's got that whole supernatural aspect to it at this point, just because there's, there's really no other way to kind of explain how he can do what he did, like putting his thumb through somebody's fucking forehead. <laughs> what, <laughs> like you, what, what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got a valid point there, Isaiah. So that's that's my take on it. Um, what what's your take? Do you, do you think he's more superhuman or? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely some supernatural elements going on here. Absolutely, I do. Okay. Um, I, th- I I think I think it's intended to think that maybe it's been with him all along. You mm-hmm. know, um, I mean, let's face it, he does get shot six times. That's and true. Just what, and and walks away um so i think it's always been there it's been hinted but i i did not expect and we don't really find out about the thorn in this one Mm -hmm. really we we don't truly find out you know we don't really we don't know quite just yet um but you know what we end up finding out in five and six yeah shit goes off the rails and it's, it's kind of a, uh, you know, the whole cult thing. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's gosh. Yeah. I, I would say he has some form of supernatural ability. There's no other, I mean, my imagination takes me to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, so basically it's, he's kind of more supernatural now and, which is fine. I mean, I, I I kind of as as low quality as like these movies progress to be with four, five, and six. I do kind of like the Thorn storyline with making it more supernatural and stuff. But I've always kind of liked the more supernatural stuff, anyways. So it sure. it kind of works for me. Um, even though they could have did a fucking better job with with the writing on the later movies, it's just. Oh. The the story, see that's that's what really kills this. Literally kills this timeline more than anything. It just comes down to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what they do, the directions they go in five and six, ugh, just just not very wise. Um, at least for me, I, I know I know I know you said six is a guilty pleasure. Like I'll even watch it, um, and we'll talk about that movie here in a couple weeks. But uh, that ended up being the Achilles' heel of this of this timeline, and it ended up killing it. Is yeah. at the end of the day. They they laid down a decent foundation with the Jamie Lloyd character and Rachel in this part four installment, mm-hmm. but they don't really build upon that very much. They they take it a different direction. I mean, Daniel Harris is is a big part of part five, obviously, but we know what happens to Rachel, um, which just absolutely makes no sense to me. Um, right, but I I think I think there was a missed opportunity after part four, but at the end of the day, I think at this time, man, I don't think a lot of people knew how to make a quality to how to continue a franchise like this in, in a quality manner. I just, I, I don't think we were there yet right. with, with certain young, maybe certain filmmakers that would do a, a franchise like this. Um, I also think, you know, technology too, obviously, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you see what can happen years later with when you get talented filmmakers and talented writers and Universal, a huge studio and 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 and, you know, a really good story. You see what's happening with this new trilogy. Oh, yeah. you know, you know, I, I, I would be stunned if you and I go watch Halloween Kills in October and we don't like it. I will be absolutely shocked. That'll be the shocker of the decade. If I do not like that movie, bro, I would be absolutely crushed if I didn't like the movie. Yeah, I would be stunned and shocked, um, and because I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I think twenty eighteen. I think you have. It just shows what what happens when you have talented people writing and directing your material. At the yep. end of the day, and at the end of the day, it's a studio film too. You know, Michael's getting the studio film treatment. Um, you got universal, you know, I mean, that's huge. Um, so I think that's kind of what happened here with this franchise and this timeline, even though I do enjoy part four, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they just didn't take advantage of part four and grow off part four after this. Right. Exactly. Nope. I, I would a hundred percent agree with that. Um, and, uh, you know, so with this movie, cause Obviously, uh, like I touched on, is we we meet Jamie, we meet Rachel, we reintroduce to Loomis and and Myers and kind of set the story of her being the the niece of Myers and him basically coming back to Haddonfield to hunt her down, basically. Right. So Loomis obviously is following in pursuit after he finds out that he's escaped. Um, They end up meeting up at that fucking gas station. He screams Michael a bunch and shoots at him. They fucking blow the place up. <laughs> and Loomis dies behind a bunch of fucking barrels. So um, funny. Oh, my God, it's so good. Uh, that that whole scene is fucking great. So then he has to hitchhike, basically, to Haddonfield the rest of the way. He gets, you know, dust thrown up in his face by a bunch of fucking teenagers and then gets picked up by that crazy fucking preacher dude. Yeah. Drinking and just on his way to do the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah. Reverend Jackson P. Sayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good times. Fucking love it. So 
that that all kind of happens in in the meantime, and then we get to Haddonfield. We end up finding that um, um, we get, there's a new sheriff in town with Sheriff Meeker, <laughs> and so your your thoughts uh, are you more of a Meeker guy or are you more of a, a Bracket guy? Oh, Bracket, I like Bracket. Same, yeah, for sure, yeah. no doubt. So we we find out that Brackett's moved, uh, what was it, Fort Lauderdale or something, and retired um, after the events of two and whatnot. So yeah, I like I like the sheriff in this, but I just like Brackett better. Yeah, Sheriff Meeker's cool. He's fine. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So Meet Meeker is is in charge. He's kind of a little uh, more of a hard ass and stuff, which I kind of actually like in in. Uh, direct contrast to where uh, Bracket was kind of more of the the family man, uh, kind of more of a dad kind of figure. Where <laughs> Meeker is definitely more of a hard ass, which which is which is kind of a good um, change um, per se. So we meet him. Um, Loomis is obviously trying to convince everybody that Michael's coming back to town um, to kill and everything and he's trying to get everything shut down basically again so we we have that all happen you know it's it's such a tried and true you know story method i it's it's it just works so well it's a very simple story yes is what i'm getting at and um it 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 works to its advantage because then we see michael throughout the town and jamie's seeing him more like when they're at the the discount mart, and she's looking for a Halloween yeah. costume, and he steals the mask there, the the great value, <laughs> Michael right. Myers mask, and it's 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 a whole thing. And then you know they they go trick or treating. I and I, I love the fact that they showed Jamie going trick or treating in this movie. Um, yes, that helped kind of fill in that feeling of Halloween, um, seeing them on Halloween night going out and stuff. You know, versus being stuck in the the houses like in the original movie, or even two where it's all in the hospital. Seeing them out and about throughout the town as everybody's trick or treating, I, I I kind of feel help elevate the movie in a way and make it feel more like a Halloween themed movie. Right, and it does. It feels like it, and it starts with the credits. They mm-hmm. hammer that home in the credits, and like you said. Um, the fact that we get to see our main player, you know, actually trick or treating and she is a kid. And like I said, it makes her more vulnerable, man, which yep. more vulnerability equals more suspense in a movie like this. Um, yeah, no, this is, I, dude, this, this, and we just say it, man. This movie's fucking fun, bro. It really is. It really is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you get a, you get the, the town of Haddonfield, goes full renegade man oh my god the fucking lynch mob yes, yes the bunch of rednecks out to fucking hunt myers down it's great it's it's one of the highlights of the movie honestly <laughs> just yes seeing that group. and by the trailer from kills it looks like they took a page out of this one's that element in this one yep that's what it seems like and which is cool oh for sure for sure and so yeah, so obviously you have the lynch mob that ends up happening once they find out that, oh, fuck, Loomis is right. Myers is back. Let's <laughs> hunt know. this fucker no down. One, 
Has there anyone in the history of cinema not get listened to enough other than Dr. Loomis? <laughs> I don't think so. It's just like every every movie, nobody fucking listens to him. Dude, for five movies he was in, the dude is literally just telling people what's up and no one wants to listen to him ever. Nope. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Oh, my God. It's just like, it's almost aggravating. It's, like... it's extremely aggravating. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, yeah, so the lynch mob thing happens. Um, Before that, though, we have poor fucking Bucky just working at the fucking, just providing power to Haddonfield, just (laughs) doing his fucking job, and he gets fucking taken out and takes out the whole fucking power grid. And rest in peace, Bucky. I mean, there was that meme that went out for the longest time about the never forget Bucky, you know, murdered in the line of duty, keeping the lights (laughs) on. Burning yeah. in Haddonfield in Halloween 1988. <laughs> I love that meme. It's so fucking good. So, Genius. yeah, the, the power outage kind of leads us into the third act where it's, you know, taking place in Meeker's house because once they find uh, Jamie and Rachel, they, you know, after they figure out, Mo Myers is here because we're a bunch of fucking idiots and we don't want to listen to the doctor that's been following the fucker the whole time, you know. Um, so they, they find Rachel and Jamie, they bring them to Meeker's house to kind of protect them. And they've got, you know, police there, or at least some police there. And they've got the house locked down to make sure that Myers can't get in. But he, he did get in because he was sitting in the fucking backseat of the one police car and snuck his ass in. But that, I, I like how they kind of set up that whole last act of it with the power outage. And then, you know, it's kind of like a hide-and-seek almost, you know, Yeah, um, exactly. with that, which is works really well, and it's very creepy, very atmospheric, uh, everything with that. That's probably my favorite part of the whole movie is that last act from Meeker's house with Michael basically picking people off until they realize, oh, shit, he's actually in here, um, to them leading up to, obviously, you know, the, the very end. And so uh, that, that all happens... Probably one of the best kills in the franchise happens where he stabs uh, um, Meeker's daughter with the fucking shotgun and puts her through the fucking wall. Oh, it's great. No, it's one of the coolest kills. And again, some supernatural strength there. For sure. Yeah, That, that is for fucking sure. Um, one thing that I wish they would have been able to do that they weren't able to do because of just budget reasons was... Uh, Sheriff Meeker was originally supposed to die in in the movie, and it was supposed to take place down in the basement. And then that, uh, you know, the struggle was to start a fire in the basement, and then the whole house was supposed to be engulfed in flames. And so that whole chase scene with uh, Rachel, Jamie, and and the shape on on the roof was supposed to be surrounded by fire, basically, which would have been a uh, yes. fucking cool visual. That. It would have looked great. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we got was still good. It was still suspenseful, but just adding that element of fire, that other sense sure. of just danger would have just elevated it so much more. So it definitely was a missed opportunity. If the budget would have been there, it would have been so fucking satisfying, honestly, um, with how that would have gone uh, with that kind of side of things. But ultimately, it got us meeker in part five then, because otherwise he would have died in four, so... Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And then uh, his deputies get to walk out of a house with more out of place sound effects than any movie I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> right. Oh my god. 
Yeah, part five is a shit show. It really fucking is. Yeah, t- I mean, the quality in production really, you, you get a huge, probably, honestly, I would probably argue that part six has a more quality production than part five. I would least. second that. I would yes. honestly second that. And that's, you know, that's not saying that Curse is some fucking <laughs> grand old production itself, but it's definitely of higher quality than part five. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would definitely agree with that. So obviously they, they leave Meeker's house. Um, and then you have the whole thing at the school, uh, where they run there to try to escape Myers and you have the whole white hair mask fiasco in this. And that was like jolting as well. Almost as bad as the, you know, the reveal of the, the mask in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> right. But, um, so that happens. And then, you know, they try, they're trying to get the girls out of town after that. And then obviously Michael's holding on to the fucking bottom of the truck. And then we get our final, final scene. You know, he rips out the one guy's throat and it's killing the, the rednecks that are, you know, trying to get Jamie and Rachel out of the, out of town he ends up flipping off the fucking truck. And then Rachel takes over, and runs his ass over, <laughs> and then so you get one, then you get one of the coolest scenes in this fucking franchise. You know, because Jamie goes up to check him, and you know lifts up his hand, drops it, and then he's obviously still alive. He raises up behind her, and they just fucking blow the shit out of him. Absolutely, and he fucking falls in that mine shaft. It should have ended <laughs> with that. No, 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 Isaiah. He's got to float down a river and get taken in by some hermit who keeps him for a year. A full fucking year. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, five is a shit God show. God damn it, Halloween five. But with this, the end of this movie, we get that fucking sweet twist where uh, Jamie attacks her, her, um, uh, not stepmom, but uh, adoptive mom. Right. And uh, reminiscent, obviously, of Halloween 1 and almost like the evil is supposed to pass to her, which was kind of originally the idea. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah, so that's how we end. And it's like, holy shit, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this well, as cool as that image, because it looks cool. The image is great. Um, uh, Loomis goes crazy. He's, no! No! And then you have the imagery of... of of Jamie Lloyd in the clown outfit with the big, huge butcher knife. It's kind of cool. It looks cool. However, it's a very, very sloppy ending and doesn't really tie. It doesn't make sense because of what they do in part five. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Like I guess in part five. Oh yeah. Yeah. She tried to butcher her, her, her adopted mother, but uh, she's fine now. We're just going to ignore that. I mean, they kind (laughs) of, they don't really, yeah, it's a mess. Um, but again, as I said, I'll say it again. Part four was a, a a pretty solid effort at resurrecting the Michael Myers character and continuing the timeline of this franchise. It was sure. it was it was a solid effort, and I watched this movie yearly. Yeah. One million percent love part four. I'd love to watch because, like I said again, this movie is just fun, dude. This oh, is a yeah. fun entry. I mean, I, I know you're right there with me. 
For sure. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely, uh, like I said earlier, this is one of the ones I watch every year because I, I usually watch one through six yep. um, and then skip the rest of them and then do 2018. So it's definitely, and it is one I still highly enjoy. It's it's in my top five for the Halloween movies, which I know isn't really saying much, but um, yeah. it's it's still, it's it's one of the better entries for sure yeah. uh, with this franchise. So, I would have it fourth. I would probably have it fourth on my list. Okay. I would. Yeah, I would have it fourth. Yeah, I, I would probably be right there with you. It, it probably would be ranked fourth. Yeah. So it, 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 for me, it would go one, um, 2018, two, and then this one. Same. Kind of kicked in, kicked exact off. same top four. So more of that to come when we do our rankings episode after all these reviews. So. That's awesome. But um, to kind of finish things off here, if you were to rank this out of five, what would you rank this movie? Um, let's see, out of five, um, it's a good one. Um, out of five, I would give this, and it's a solid, solid. I would say a solid three out of five. Um, I could even go as high as three and a half on this one just because of the rewatchability factor of how much I actually do enjoy revisiting this movie Yeah, uh, on a consistent basis. Um, and, you know, it's not hard to, or it's not easy, I should say. It's not easy to continue a franchise like this and, mm-hmm. and actually make it decent. And I, I, I think I want, I, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't, you know, I was seven, eight years old at the time when this was released. So I didn't really have my thumb on the pulse of Halloween fans at the time. And when this was released, if they really, truly loved this entry, sure. but I could, I could see uh, Halloween fans really enjoying this. I think so. Especially after the people who were fans of one and two, and then were not fans of season of the witch. They went to the theater to go see Halloween three. And then they, you know, they see these freaking fuckers in these masks running around. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with a three, but I could go as high as three and a half on this for sure. Okay. Yeah. For this one, I would probably go. Honestly, I'd probably go four out of five. Um, with this one for for me it, well it, it kind of goes between three and a half to four out of five yeah i probably lean to, to be fair i i probably lean more three and a half actually just like i said rewatchability and rewatchability yeah. is big for me can i if i watched your movie and i was like oh yeah that was pretty good but will i want to watch it again right you know that's it's kind of it's why i would give it big points and that I can't ignore it with this one, man. I, I, not only do I watch this movie over every year, I look forward to watching this movie every year. And oh, then, for sure. Because four and five, while five is absolutely just, it's a terrible, terrible movie. Mm-hmm. It still is because <laughs> it's so bad. It's kind of entertaining. Right. Um, so I'm entertained when I watch four and five back to back. I'll even, you know what? I'll boost my score up a little bit. I'll give this a three and a half out of four. All right. Or three and a half out of five, I should say. Perfect. I love it. And uh, as always, we would love to know what you guys think. You can always reach out through our social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at CLS Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, I'm, I've been having a blast doing uh, this Halloween retrospective, and um, I hope you guys are enjoying it too. I, I do want to thank you, Andy, for being a part this week. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it, man. Not, not a problem. I, I, I appreciate it very much, and I'm very much looking forward to talking about Halloween 6 here in 
a couple weeks. Um, Absolutely. Me too, man. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, though, I, I do want to thank you guys again for checking out this week's episode. We will see you guys next week with Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Um, but otherwise, we will see you guys next week. This episode of the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Check us out at www.clspodcast.com or join in the conversation on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at CLS Podcast. Until next time, stay safe, campers. <laughs> <laughs>